This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एन एल हफ्ता वे वी रिस्क आर लाइव एंड कम टू ऑफिस टू रिकॉर्ड द फाइनेस्ट ऑडियो क्वालिटी बिकॉज एज दोज ऑफ यू हुफल एंड ऑसम एंड हाई वे ऑन माई पॉडकास्ट कैन टेल दैट द जूम रिकॉर्डिंग क्वाइट एज हाई इन ऑडियो क्वालिटी एज हफ्ता रिकॉर्डिंग हफ्ता वी कम टू ऑफिस एंड रिकॉर्ड ऑन माइक्स एंड इक्विपमेंट दैट हैव बिन परचेस्ड बाई मनी गिवन टू अस बाई सब्सक्राइबर्स So while the hafta is free for the next few weeks you should know many people have contributed and made sure that news laundry survives free of ads free of any sarkari advertising or pushing any other ads for the corporate or sarkari agenda so i urge you if you are mufat khors do pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers are served and we shall be having a long show on this sometime in the near future on that note today before we get into the headlines which manisha will read for us let me introduce the panel we have in the office raman kripal and manisha pande hello sir hello hi we have joining us from bombay mayank shekhar hi mayank hey what's up what's up those of you who don't know mayank which i'm sure there are very few of uh, i shall introduce him once with all his grandeur he is the first film critic to actually win the ramnath goenka award for excellence in journalism so we have other than me everyone here is a Ramnath Goenka Journalism Award winner and see the irony yeah. I am the boss they That's what's wrong with journalism That's what's wrong with journalism That's why that's why we are where we are Exactly which is where In shit <laughs> Okay fine on that optimistic note with my wonderful supportive colleagues uh, Mayank was the first film critic to win the Ramnath Goenka Award for Excellence in Journalism his last book Name Place Animal Thing was a critically acclaimed Amazon top title He's got a podcast called Sit with Hitlist, and it's won several awards. And Shekhar was the founding editorial team of Mumbai Mirror and has been the national culture editor with Hindustan Times. He's currently the entertainment head at Midday, where you can follow his writings in his weekly column, M S Word. And when I say Shekhar, I don't mean Shekhar Gupta; I mean Mayank Shekhar. <laughs> so Mayank. Or, or Shekhar Kapoor. Or Shekhar Kapoor. That's right. Uh, before Manisha gives us the headlines, how are things? I saw today the top story. Um, in the morning bulletin was the ridiculous rain in bombay like it's the most single day rain in august ever bombay has recorded in 46 years and pedder road one pahadi only has come down onto the road well here's the thing right if you don't step out of your home and nobody is nobody at least i know is then doesn't matter there could be a hail storm a cyclone anything if it was a regular day i think we'd have been quite screwed because uh, clearly with this plus traffic and traffic can get quite during the monsoons can become uh, quite a thing so it would have been it would have been a catastrophe of sorts but right now it really doesn't matter and i mean i'm in my home and i'm going to be like this for the next few months and i've been like this for the bye thank by the way uh, firstly thank you abhinandan for having me i'm really happy to be on this podcast for a couple of reasons one i completely forgot last night i thought this was going to be a live video which meant that i wake up in the morning and take a shower <laughs> and then i then i thought about breakfast and i can do both i mean i have to get started don't worry but i'm having breakfast and i can talk to you because it's audio it's it's perfect i think uh, we should do more podcasts yes we absolutely should we have been pushing podcasts the longest time but just one quick question like yes. the last time when uh, bombay was inundated the water mm. actually entered homes uh, you know the low lying areas so what you're saying is this time it's not that bad it's not like water entered homes the streets are flooded but it hasn't like it's it's not like in delhi entire jhuggies have got swept away and all that all that hasn't happened 
in Bombay. Yeah. No, so it's it's like it's like the floods in Bihar, right? It's like the Kosi floods. Uh, you know it's going to happen every year. So people who live in the slums are almost like you know anticipating this. There will never be any casualty in a real sense, and they know how to protect themselves from a rain of this sort, which is actually an annual feature. There's nothing you know deeply worrying from a point of view of uh, the. I mean, of course, the numbers and you know the maximum number of you know numbers in terms of mm, like millimeters and stuff. But uh, I don't think anyone personally would have been affected from a uh, from a physical harm point of view of course there'll be water coming into slums and there'll be low lying areas where it'll be impossible to wade through something that we do every year but beyond that i don't think anyone would be personally affected uh, if they were inside right so manisha before we discuss the whole bunch of things that actually happened can you give us what all the world has faced yes the sushant singh rajput case is still in the headlines surprise surprise and lots of new twists and turns um, most recently the centers approved bihar government's request for a cbi probe into sushant's death and the ed has summoned riya chakrabarti for questioning on friday which is tomorrow wow lalu prasad yadav has been moved to rims directors bungalow amid covid-19 fears meanwhile we've had a slew of politicians who've been detected with covid so amit shah dharmendra pradhan uh, bs redurappa sidaramaiah Sid- also so that and there was one more i think politician up he recovered but died died uh. so yeah okay pakistan meanwhile has unveiled a new political map that shows kashmir as part of its territory even junagarh they've staked claim basically they've gone let's just Haan. since we are doing fiction Terrible, let's, let's go all the yeah. way Terrible, terrible images came in from Beirut of a blast that killed at least 135 people. I'm sure the death toll would probably increase because the visuals from that site are just horrific. 5,000 people have been injured. Meanwhile, back in India, we had the Bhumi Pujan at Ayodhya by Prime Minister Narendra Modi that got wall-to-wall coverage for two straight days. India has recorded the highest single-day spike with 52,509 cases and crossed the 1.9 million mark. on covid on covid and uh, meanwhile who has said that india's testing rate is still low compared to other countries contempt of court case against prashant bhushan over tweets criticizing the judiciary he's refused to apologize and the matter was heard yesterday in the delhi riots police has questioned du professor purvanand for 5 hours they've seized his phone this was pretty shocking and meanwhile uh, there were news leaks of tahir hussain apparently admitting to his role in the delhi riots uh, you should read the news laundry report on this we've explained why this was an old piece of news recycled possibly because the delhi police has been getting a lot of flack in the delhi high court in up a journalist has been booked for unverified post online he shared something about administration's mishandling of covid-19 uh, uk has decided to issue a coin to honor mahatma gandhi and india and china have completed fifth round of military level talks on august 3rd and there's been no resolution yet and it's not in the news at all yeah and when the winter approaching I'm, i don't think anyone's moving back i think everyone stays put where they were hmm. um after the cisco case has also been a uh, case in hcl uh, the company faces a lawsuit for sacking employees based on caste in hcl america right So before we discuss all the rest let's start with you know news coming out of Bombay uh, and since Mayank was a part of the TMR dispatches which you can check out actually on the Media Rumble channel uh, which this year the Media Rumble is a digital event and not a physical event which we did on coverage of showbiz and entertainment just a couple of house announcements one is uh, we have an NL Sena project up those of you who contributed to the Delhi Riots NL Sena project you must have seen So now we have four stories up, yeah. and there'll be more coming. Like I said, we're not going to give up on this coverage. We will. We have dedicated two reporters just yeah, to do this. This is going to be unending. It it will go on for a year at least. And and the kind of stories that you may have read on News Laundry, I wish 
legacy media took that up rather than speculating on what happened to Sushant based purely on whims where here there is evidence that are people who are giving specific statements but yet you'll only see legacy media screaming on non issues do check that out so we have another nlsr project up uh, which is on custodial deaths in india which is a serious problem it was sparked off by p jaraj and his son benix's brutal killing in tamil nadu and we are going to be dedicating starting next week another two reporters solely to this the kind of custodial deaths that happen around the country we have already come halfway to the tunnel cinema mark i think it's just over 2 lakhs many of you have contributed and we've made it just over a lakh so it would be great if you guys can top that nl cinema project up so thank you for that and like i've said earlier the next 3 to 4 haftas will be free but i hope that doesn't mean you guys don't contribute because while you may pay to gain access to the hafta behind the paywall your contributions power the journalism that we do and while hafta may be something that you enjoy listening to it is the on ground reports that really make news laundry uh, relevant so thank you and thank you to the team which never gets the voice that the three of us do which is snigdha aditya lipi harshula and all the panelists who come all these people make hafta what it is so it's just not the three of us sitting and shooting the breeze so do contribute to news laundry and pay to keep news free with that very long announcement my young i mm. thank you for mm. your patience i would like to discuss two things to begin with with you and then i hope you will stay on for the rest of the discussion that we'll have this will be about an hour and a half or two today is thursday and it is 12:40 in the afternoon you've seen the kind of coverage that sushant singh rajput's you know suicide got or now should i say alleged suicide because now all sorts of theories are floating around mm. uh, you were on uh, arnab's show so two specific mm. questions one is this the first time in your pretty illustrious career of covering uh, showbiz that this has become a political issue of this nature and two what prompts you to go on arnab's show and also you could tell everybody about the midday pc wrote that you like arnab but he is a problem <laughs> to answer your first question absolutely to the best of my memory i cannot recall anything that's come close to a toxic mix of everything that's wrong with this country the state of news media the state of indian politics the infighting between various factions of indian politics then the state of also show business in in a certain way the fact that they are the softest targets you can ever come across with a with huge following and all of this encompassed in a uh, rumor mongering a uh, social media cooking up stories turning everything which would be in the realm of gossip into facts and regular people demanding accountability from each other as if anyone owes anyone anything while not asking a question to public officials so everything that i think could possibly be wrong uh, with this country that in our drawing room discussions we bring it up in any case somehow just integrates into this sushant singh case um, so yeah i have not seen anything like this before why do i get on uh, arnab show i think i had a pretty good reason for the longest is one the fact that he hasn't been as rabid as he seems now it was it's been i wouldn't say a gradual descent but it's been a descent over over a period of time for sure and now it's reached a point where i don't even think anyone should be on that show purely because you can't you can't even hear yourself and that he hurls allegations against people who are sitting there who owe him nothing at all besides the fact that he is he's only talking about people who are not in that room who are not there to defend themselves and and he's hurling allegations where they can where they can't say a word back to him in any case so ideally speaking and that's something that i i sent a message to the guys at at the show said if because he has a core audience he has a base 
as it were. I don't think they'll mind him just talking. Yeah? Him and five people who say the same thing and who agree with each other would be as good a show, even in terms of ratings, as what he's attempting to do by pretending that there are five people who, who are opposed to him and going after them, but not letting them speak at all. So there's no question of you know, that, that being a debate because by its very nature, it's supposed to be equal time allotted to both sides. But a lot of the times I've had fun on his show over, over years purely because he takes certain positions which uh, a lot of people in the media agree with, which is to do with censorship and which is to do with moral policing. He goes after those elements and he considers, considers himself, or at least he's told me so, as a socially a liberal person, uh, which, which is great because when he goes after... Uh, like let's say if you take up uh, like a, take an issue like uh, Padmavat, which is also a really toxic mix of politics and entertainment, a lot like Sushant Singh, but not not this bad because there weren't that many innuendos and it didn't involve death of a real of a, of a person. Of course, I think there was somebody who who killed himself at some point. There, like for instance, he will take up a liberal position on censorship, and he'll certainly take one on moral policing. So I've I've enjoyed those aspects of his monologue and, and participate in them because if you're on his side then it's perfect it's a breeze you know because you are winning that so-called debate to begin with okay now when it comes to the actual case of Sushant Singh Rajput the pure reporting angle was the reportage around it scrutinizing it for its authenticity of the suicide was the media in the news media and I'm talking about you know a midday or other the, the Mumbai Mirror or other such papers how did they cover this issue? And is there any, in your experience as a reporter, reason to scrutinize it with an investigative kind of mindset that there is foul play? Like, where does that come from? Why do you think that has become a narrative in legacy media? And that's not restricted to one or two channels. Several channels are doing that. So here's the thing, uh, Abhinandan. I had a word with a top cop and he tells me, and he feels that the Mumbai police was essentially investigating favoritism in Bollywood, uh, which is a lunatic uh, thing for a city police to investigate. <laughs> but they were taking, essentially taking cues from television news hmm. and social media, both of which feed off each other. And that's where it was headed. And that that's where Mumbai police got it all wrong, which was not the case with, if you, if you examine the newspapers in the city, whether it's a mirror or it's a midday, it was being reported just the way you would report any other crime story in terms of the information that we have. Based on the information that one has, a few things remain even now indisputable uh, is the fact that it's suicide purely because even the family that is disputed, uh, I mean, which is the family, the poor family had to actually go and file a case in Patna largely because they had given up on Mumbai police because they were busy following Arnab Goswami every night, who was busy lambasting Mumbai police on the other hand because he has his own issue going on with Mumbai police. That's another matter altogether. And so they, so every time you hear a name, they'll call that name in these times of COVID, call them over to the police station. A lot of them really old people as well. Like a Mahesh is a pretty old man by himself. But then guys like Anjalila Bansali or Shanu Sharma who's the casting director, Yashraj. So, so while all that was going on, the family decided, boss, we've had enough of this. And so they had to go to Patna police because what they had and what they were doing by, in terms of their own personal investigation was revealing something totally else, right? And even then, these people, like, and largely this investigation, this private investigation, as it were, if you can call it, that is led by uh, this gentleman called O.P. Singh, who is uh, Sushant, Sushant Singh's 
Rajput's brother-in-law. So Sushant Singh Rajput had four sisters. One of them is married and is married to who's now recently been appointed the commissioner of police in Faridabad. So he was doing a lot of the groundwork in terms of speaking to the peers, in terms of getting uh, the financial documents in place and stuff like that. And even the complaint that they filed uh, was a complaint of abetment to suicide. So they, even the family is not disputing that fact, at least at this point. That there was a suicide, right. They're not... Yeah, yeah. So I don't know where that particular theory of, you know, involving Aditya Thakare's and Sujat Pancholi's and whoever else of the world on social media is coming from. But so far as we know, based on everything, it is still suicide unless proven otherwise now that CBI has a case. I'm very curious to know how they're going to go ahead with the investigation. Are they going to take the route that Patna police did? Are they going to take the route that Mumbai police was up to? Was it completely like, you know, hanging around in various directions? God knows finding out what. I think where all these theories come from on social media, though one can imagine, just people mm. bored. But the fact that WhatsApp messages are taken seriously on television channels is the problem. But, you know, Manisha and Ramansa, if you can come in, Ramansa, you've done a lot of police investigations in the sense, not as an investigator, but as a reporter. A case like this, I mean, a few years ago, sitting here on the Hafta, I used to laugh that all the noise that they make, it's just noise. It has no real world consequences. I've changed my mind. I think television media does have real world consequences. Like Manish was pointing out, there is an ED has, is questioning Rhea Chakravarti. Mm. I think that's a full name. <laughs> yeah. The ED, which clearly has lots of other things to do, has decided to step into this case and investigate why was her makeup bought and how much was her makeup bought for and who bought it. <laughs> I mean, and this is purely because of the noise that we see on television. So how incompetent is our police? Will a case like this lead somewhere? Because Sanjay Hegde, the other day on television, said that they can do all the investigation they want. But generally, abetment to suicide is very difficult to prove. In this case, since he was alone in his room, it is close to impossible. So you can make all the noise you want. It's going to come to naught. Your views? I think the first time when we discussed uh, his death in Hafta, you had laughed off because somebody was demanding the CBI inquiry. And right. we all of us had laughed, laughed it off. That it won't happen. Yeah, why CBI? So I, I even at that time, what I felt that an actor of his stature who was so successful and he committed suicide, so definitely everybody wants the answer, you know, ki why hmm. did he do it? Right. So the why of it. Hmm. But anyway, I mean, uh, whatever. But the why of it, not the what. Because what is already, yes. I mean, there is enough evidence to suggest what happened, right? Haan. So uh, what happened? And yes, there were, I think, three, four people present uh, yeah. in the house. And his room was closed. Uh, exactly. So uh, there is so, no way so, anyone uh, would climb in and out. So now, now, even when it, the case goes to the CBI, what can CBI CBI is just going to reconstruct right. the entire crime scenario. So the reconstruction begins, you know, the say say the four days or five days in advance, or maybe maybe uh, ten days or fifteen days. So they're going to look into his phone calls. They're going to look into his finances, if if the money was transferred or or whom he was but speaking to. If that to. becomes a precedence, then any death, no matter what the reasons, I and mean, people, I mean, your entire chitta will open up. No, I tell you what. Uh, in this, the ED coming up, coming, uh, you know, for this completely, you know, uh, confirms it that the case has become political. Right. Because the AD never comes into the picture, you know, of in a case like this. Mm. I mean, all my life, whenever we did stories on the CBI, in all these investigating agencies, so we have invariably, we have seen that this, the CBI takes up the case and 
after the CBI inquiry, CBI investigation, or the charge sheet, ED comes into the picture just to if find out all. if there, if at all, hmm. and if there is any fair violation. Hmm. But now we see that for everything, ED just comes in and CBI just. Amit Bhai, na? Yes, ED reports to Amit Bhai. Manisha, a political journal sadly messaged me a couple of days earlier saying that he thinks that this will last till the Bihar elections, hmm. and this is going to be. Something that's going to be brought up till the Bihar election. So clearly, it's political. But I mean, the kind of reporting uh, we thought Sri Devi's death, the sort of reporting we saw then was abysmal. This is into hundred, mm. the kind of stuff that we are seeing, and more recently with Riya Chakravarti's anchors, the kind of stuff that people have said. And it's amazing that there are women anchors like Anjana Omkarshap and Navika leading this sort of reportage where you're like, "Usne vash me kar liya aur pyar tha ya dhoka tha? Kyun uske paise kharch karwa rahi thi?" It's so, I mean, it is so. Uh, and even the images it, that play, you know, her fashion shoots with an off-shoulder yeah, yeah, gown, yeah. and you know, just giving that whole vampish kind of visuals. Whatever the family may think, it's still an allegation. You can't now start portraying. And I mean, just by the way, two weeks till ago, we were being told what a scientific brain he was, how he read, you know, books on astrophysics and stuff like that. And suddenly now he's this guy apparently, who was in the past and who was in the past and who was in the past. So, I mean, it's been really, really, really... And they've also bought on... She wasn't a manager, but a, f- a former uh, a manager who apparently worked with him for one one movie or something. Right. They've also brought on her suicide out and the parents are begging. I mean, they've put out two appeals to the media saying that please don't bring her case out. We know what it was. We don't want to go through this stuff of reliving everything. So please stop calling it rape, murder. I mean, there are all sorts yeah, of theories. There are all sorts of stuff they're saying. You're not even right. listening to them. I mean, apart from the media, there's another, there's another very curious angle to this, which is the public curiosity. If you look at Instagram, and this I've been noticing for the past one month at least. I mean, from the moment he's died, one, I think a lot of people see in Sushant themselves. I think everyone just, everyone who's not had it good in life kind of looks at this case and has his own angst that they're taking out. And there's also this, like right from day one, there have been so many Instagram accounts that they've made of Sushant and Ankita. And they were also a very popular TV screen couple. Mm-hmm. They're like the Roch and, Ross and Rachel of Ekta Kapoor, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were dating each other and I guess the breakup happened. And But there have been so many Instagram accounts that have been pushing this thing that had he been with her, he would not have committed suicide. And and really horrible memes of Rhea Chakravarti also in that ki, don't leave a girl, uh, you know, don't leave a girl like Ankita with her nice, you know, Pavitra Rishta picture for a girl like this because she may be wanting you for your money and all that. So fine, media, Arnab is doing this like Mayank said, he has had run-ins with the Mumbai police. They've been investigating him on the Palgar case. So he's just taking it on, taking them on for, you know, his own personal reasons and other channels for TRPs. I don't understand people. Like, why are you spending so much time on Instagram, making these memes, hating on Rhea, and then this kind of obsession with Ankita and Sushant. It's all really, it, it could make for a fascinating sociological study. Well, sociological... <laughs> it's like Sare India ke, uh, you know, jilted lovers have come out. It was just Jin, abutment to death. I think Sushant ke upar apni the story. The case, case is abutment to death. That hmm. is all you need to investigate. Yeah, but now it's going into all sorts of... But I think, I think um, misery is a is a ripe market, whether it is for Godmen, for yoga gurus or anybody else. And television has discovered that too. Uh, before I come back to Mayank on on what's happening in Mumbai right now. I had one question from to Mayank though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I want to ask you, I mean, you're, you're in Bombay and you're reporting on the industry. 
what is the kind of conversations that are happening in the industry whether it's actors directors or producers like because we haven't heard anything from them no reactions nothing obviously everyone wants to stay quiet because i think they just don't want any attention but i mean what are the kind of stuff that you're hearing how are they viewing this yeah, are people question. scared yeah mayank i want to add to this question that we see that if you criticize salman khan i mean his twitter army is almost as as much as the bjp's twitter army and people like sharukh salman they are online they are very powerful how come they they don't use that power to push back at arnab so here's a thing right uh, and that's the sense i'm getting based on social media is that while there is a lot of public curiosity and and it's a little reality television drama for each person who's basically locked up in their homes and thinking about their own lives and reflecting it upon seeing whatever it is that's going on around them there is a massive troll army at work as well mm. and i would like to believe this is a paid troll army i'll tell you what happened in this particular case was is around the same time about a month ago i think about a month or maybe 20 days ago is when i opened my dm on twitter and i was in one of these channels where they were asking for cbi for sushant i didn't and it was i mean which person who is going to argue for is going to argue that there should not be a, a deeper investigation into the case right so that's roughly what i was saying is like of course it should be and that it should be outside of politics and all those things now these guys thought that maybe i'm part of their whatever group that they are and they started uh, you know sort of uh, they started bombarding my dm with a tweet cbi for sushant tweet 3:13 pm all of you last time you guys did not get it right so there was oh. a concerted campaign that i and i start taking screenshots of that because i had no idea until that point that there is another force at work altogether and my uh, conjecture is that that force has also been against bollywood to a huge extent the there is a large religion led troll army if i can call them that mm. that genuinely believes that that bollywood is islamic they have mm. a problem with uh, khans being the top stars and stuff like that these things used to be said privately well not so privately back in the 90s early 90s in any case you see samna front pages you see all these things being talked about rithik roshan is the new hindu hero and blah 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 and all kinds of you know all kinds of religion led narrative which otherwise has not been part of the discourse in the film industry in fact even the large. even the chota rajan versus chota shakil became a are you back exactly. in hindu dawn or right. the muslim dawn right right and it became really bad in the early 90s in any case with the rights uh, as a backdrop but by and large they've always they've always had this 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 religion led a troll army has always had some sort of a like has always has always seen bollywood as an as an area to target and they've been they've been at it for the past 5 to 6 years if you notice and and i know a lot of people keep talking about you know all these bollywood guys and why don't they just speak up and you know what goes your daddy is you know take on the government as it were they genuinely cannot because no i get it they can't take on of, the government yeah. that we, yeah, yeah of course I, they discuss but i'm just wondering at a online level if like i remember sometime back i had tweeted something about salman khan's case when it had come up for you know ruling or i think the that former tourism minister of of rajasthan was at some party of his right. or something or the other and the way they come at you is like the bjp the online army is i'm not saying take on the government but when arnab yeah. sits there and says things that which you pointed out in that show and i highly recommend uh, people watch that tmr dispatches with mayank you know the kind of things he says murder gang and all suicide gang suicide. murder gang their their online social media army can definitely is big enough to counter arnab's narrative is it not as in why wouldn't a karan johar or an alia bhat at least who's so popular why wouldn't she want to put out a counter narrative on social media which takes on the arnab 
narrative i mean how how scared are they even i mean they have an online presence which is huger than arnabs i don't know what it would be like to wake up every morning and have say about 20000 people saying shit at you on your personal instagram or your personal twitter while you have lots of followers it reached a point where karan johar had to practically quit twitter right i mean he's he's unfollowed every single person and i think these things have a take a toll on your on your mental health and that's not what your core job is i can understand a politician being at it all day because that's really their job to like constantly build narratives and and destroy the past ones and and sort of find yourself in the middle of it and become relevant as a result but these guys want to make films they are in the in the job of uh, looking for a great script uh, and, a, and an amazing location or some amazing talents to to work with and and somehow continue making the movies i think a lot of the times and at least in this case they try to remain quiet is because it may not be worth their mental health you know i they 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 probably they, they're waiting for help you know to freeze over and certainly i think twitter is going to uh, suffer as a result because they have such lax policies in, in terms of and and also very selective policies on who goes after whom and what is okay and what is not they're going to drive away these people because they don't owe any any of any of the followers on their twitter anything right and especially when you know it has a religious overtone so the salman army is perhaps even to some extent sharukh khan army but salman army for sure his supporters i think they are on a back foot because it's taken a serious religious overtone and you know how the hindu bigot is like on twitter i mean they they're just they're totally unhinged and unstoppable and they're coordinated and in this case they actually got together for sushant because what they wanted to trend was sushant for cbi because i have screenshots but, but you you it. missed a trick there you should have infiltrated that group and done an investigative piece of how these twitter armies <laughs> i guess it was too I, I i i know what you can very coming from and my only thing was i don't know it's also these times where you all hold up in our homes and i didn't know whether i wanted to like, get into that toxic culture because it would have been easy to infiltrate because they invited me right all i need to do was accept and then i'll start seeing everything all i can see is the comments that people are making uh, in terms of oh guys tum log kuch aur kar rahe ho sare 3 baje tum log kya kar rahe the you know that kind of mm. shit but if i had become part of them Uh, i don't know how long they would have had me you know and without kind of finding out that i'm not one of them but uh, it would have been but i don't know man i think it's just getting to me this whole toxicity of of online trolls to a point where i, I may not, maybe it's not in the story anymore it's not i don't know to what extent it's worth engaging with because we all know what's going on it's kind of out in the open it's hardly investigation no actually hmm. is right and the kind of stuff that's been said about karan johar honestly i mean it's true that he must be really i mean the, about his sexuality about his children the kind of abuses hurled at him every every i mean if you see the timeline even on instagram which is supposed to be like a happy happier platform it can actually take a lot of no i can imagine and, i mean and i, I think... can and and then to be blamed for someone's suicide is anyway anyway it's a very big allegation to face you know and mm-hmm. then from like 50000 people who think you are the reason why someone killed themselves no absolutely it can really really wreck no, havoc I, with you I, but i totally agree with you so i'll i'll move on to the next subject but i had a couple of emails uh, you know to read out before that one announcement like you know the hafta is free for the next 3 or 4 weeks so i do urge you guys to continue to subscribe but meanwhile it's a good time to share hafta with you know four or five of your friends or relatives those who have not been able to you know consume hafta because it has been behind a paywall the next 4 5 weeks are good weeks to introduce them to it and then if they like it you know probably if you pull it behind the paywall some of them will come back with us behind the paywall so if you are consuming it for free and you don't want to subscribe what you can do for us is definitely share it further with more people so thank you uh, for that already if you're doing it 
Now, a couple of emails, and after that, I want to get into Ayodhya, like since Mayank said that the kind of loony people there are on Twitter, well, hell, check out the television panels and you'll see people like <laughs> Sadhvi Rithambara, who when I had just finished school and I was in college, she was, like I tweeted, she would make some of the modern day bigots look like Nelson Mandela. She is, she was an invitee and she was actually on a panel, right, Manisha? She was on some yeah, chat channel. she was on Aaj Tak with Rohit Sardana. So she was actually on a panel being given the respectability that I can't even imagine her getting, you know, 20, 25 years ago. But this email is from Amrita Roy. Guys, your responses to why you can't pronounce, don't want to make an effort to pronounce a name properly reeks of privilege. While the issue brought up by the subscriber may be small, but your response falls on the same spectrum of behavior many of us face on a daily basis when interacting with people with more systemic privilege. As an Indian girl who grew up internationally in predominantly white communities, I grew up having my name butchered left, right and center. Even when I made the effort to correct the people, they made zero efforts. Many coined nicknames for me without my consent. And I went along with it just to fit in because that is all a teenager wants. But that experience made me feel like my existence was inconvenient, like I was causing pain to others. As a result, I became quieter, trying to be invisible through my school and college years. Your subscriber made an effort to correct you. Your response for not being able to pronounce names correctly because you don't know and that it's tough was microaggression. When you don't make any effort to get a city or a state's name right, intentionally or unintentionally, you are also working to make that place and its people a little invisible, all because it doesn't fit into your convenient worldview. Like your take on mental health, I recommend you update your perspective on microaggressions. Just because you're half Tamil doesn't make doesn't mean you don't have racist tendencies. I personally believe we are all tribalist, racist, sexist and casteist simply because we have been raised into a system that encourages that kind of discrimination. And therefore it is imperative we each, especially the educated privileged ones who have made, who have no excuse for ignorance, try our best to root out systemic discrimination. Read up, be better. So thank you for that email and thank you for your support. Amrita, really appreciate uh, people like you who actually subscribe and keep news independent. I will politely disagree with most of your mail. Just because someone disagrees with another, it's not microaggression. A world where everybody has to agree with the other is not a world free of microaggression. I think that's a world free of any sort of viewpoints that may be dissimilar. I get what you're saying about growing up internationally and people not pronouncing your name. I think that is not unique to any one community or nationality or ethnicity. Like you're saying that I conveniently use that I'm half Tamil and that means I can't be racist towards Tamils. I agree that's not necessarily true. But just so you know, the Tamil side of my family used to say Abhinandan. They're going to say Abhinandan. I didn't ever accuse them of being racist or trying to make me invisible. I do think there is such a thing as being overwoke or oversensitive. You may disagree with me, but that doesn't mean there's microaggression. It just means you disagree with me, just like I disagree with you. And if you call everything racism and sexism, then nothing is racism and sexism. Uh, I've said that before. Uh, so that's my view. Uh, I don't know if the panel yeah, has... And I think um, not being able to pronounce because I'm not familiar with the language is different from me picking on someone's name. I mean, those are two different things. I may not know how to pronounce a French name or, I don't know, a Swiss name or a Tamil name. Uh, but it's very different from, from me from making fun of someone's name. So, I mean, I don't think the two things are the same. And obviously, we can't correctly pronounce all the, you know, names in all the many different languages out there. So I mean, that's... that's different things. I agree one can try but I mean sure people who try harder maybe are more diligent and more efficient and maybe more sensitive but someone who doesn't is not racist. I, I, I think one should be careful how you throw around words like racist and casteist. It's it's in my view a bit irresponsible to throw those around words around loosely because then 
you kind of lose sight of calling it out when you really see it i, I don't know your view sir <laughs> my wife is telugu her village name uh, i'm not able many? to after 30 years after 30. i'm not able to pronounce it even today right. so if i say something it looks funny sure. but i don't think i am <laughs> your wife telugu and you vegetarian this is very sad she is a vegetarian richa Richard's letter is little long so I may not read the whole thing but the basic crux is Hainel Hafta team the Harper's letter has been the most debated discussion in liberal circles especially among journalists but there has been a flawed framing of the part of those railing against being cancelled they have been allowed to define what being cancelled is and everyone has gone along with it JK Rowling's books haven't been cancelled her platform on which she, which she speaks such as Twitter with her millions of followers haven't been taken away from her she's only really going to be uninvited from some of the most respected platforms such as New York Times or Harvard University which is a direct consequence of her not being able to correct her stance even when confronted with overwhelming evidence in opposition to her views at what point does free speech guarantee you will foot in every door and no consequences for that which you speak free speech absolutists also need to reckon with the fact that anti trans speech reduces the free speech rights of trans people their ability to speak from their adopted gender it infringes upon their right to speak with authority and not assumed as mentally ill or someone to fear i've grown up on harry potter and have found the world and escape during my sensitive teenage years the books have truly helped me a lot i would still recommend those books and her writing but at some point i have to accept that she isn't an authority on everything and her inability to reckon with new evidence and accept that she might be wrong leaves a bad taste in my mouth last i checked she has 14.3 million followers on twitter and i don't think she's been cancelled mm. Barry Wise also had propagated extreme Zionism to the extent that she labels anyone who is critical of the Israeli government as anti-Semite. I would argue that she has been reductive and has pointed fingers at anyone exercising their free speech when it's against someone she believes. The Israeli policy towards Palestine leaves a lot of space for fair criticism. She has also not been cancelled per se. She just isn't at the level of other New York Times opinion columnists. if she's getting harassed within their slack channels then that might be a different issue but she will most definitely get hired by a new liberal website soon and to summarize the framing of free speech users have been extremely flawed about defining what cancellation really means it often means not getting unfettered access to the highest quality liberal outlets and or social media circles and then you just ended with i really like listen to the hafta it provides a wonderful context for all the news which is sometimes missing from other news sources I like you all it's difficult to pick a favorite but I've grown to appreciate Mehraj's points of few more and more over the last few months that I've been a subscriber. So thank you uh, Richa thank you for your support thank you for your subscription and uh, thank you for this very well articulated mail uh, some of which I agree with and some I don't but I've said my piece so thanks appreciate it. Now uh, if we could we have a bunch of other mails I'll read those out a little later if we could just quickly talk about 
yesterday's and day before's abhinandan uh, right before you move on to the first uh, the, the, the next news item i have to say uh, being a distant observer of the bunch of emails or at least two emails that you've read so far i mean i'm quite astounded by the quality of emails you get unless you actually get it written by your staff writers because... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no even we are constantly you astonished can't even dream of writing such you know mayank it's they're more intelligent than us you should, it's interesting you should say this you know cuz our subscribers right and i have said often that uh, you know my views on gender were very boomer because i was male female all boys boarding so i just had that you know the word use of the word pansy was normal when i was growing up yeah, so yeah. my subscribers have actually kind of made me more evolved on gender because i have said some pretty uh, remarkably stupid things on this show and so i actually get more from them than they get from me unko pata hi nahi main unka unka wisdom choose raha hu but you know we had a news laundry subscribers meet when we were hosting a conference in boston a couple of years ago so madhu and i were there so you know about 25 30 showed up and each of them introduced themselves yeah you're right we have wonderful subscribers and i'm i'm extremely grateful of them and proud of them but like richa uh, do you usually get subscribers or at least emails of the sort which would be what i have begun to believe is the new liberal as it were which is almost in a certain way very different from the sort of liberalism that we grew up on but is almost mimicking uh, the extreme extremist views of the right wing on certain stances they take where it you know like uh, especially on free speech and cancel culture do you, is that is that a core demographic in terms of the kind of people who follow news laundry or is this an exception uh, was richa's email an exception in that regard actually interesting you say this i highly recommend you listen to the last two haftas we have a bunch of mm. mails you know i had discussed something which i wasn't aware of called safetyism i mm-hmm. discovered it uh, after this whole barry wise uh, you know i i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly but this is the best i can do uh, she resigned from the new york times so there's this concept called safetyism which is stated as a liberal kind of principle that you can't say anything that triggers or makes me uncomfortable or kind of makes me feel i'm in a toxic work environment or a toxic domestic environment so you have to tiptoe around these people and some people very rudely call them snowflakes because you have to tiptoe around every issue so on that and there is like this whole letter that was written by the likes of salman rushdi and rowling and many other writers were there of that generation called it out as cancel culture which is i guess a part of safetyism and there has been there have been essays written that safetyism while it claims to uphold liberal values represents everything that is opposed to liberal values which is not wanting to engage with or being exposed to views that they disagree with and we got a lot of mails around that but interestingly we got mails from both sides so there were lots of people who actually called me out that i'm just being an insensitive prick but there was several mails who kind of said no we do think that this is going too far and that if you can't even speak your mind then what kind of liberalism is it so there's no one type at least on this issue as far as news journalist subscribers are concerned yeah we've had a variety that's interesting because i keep following uh, especially you know this this is really coming from the younger lot the ones who feel that their liberalism is not not just being challenged but is actually being trounced by the right and how do you then respond should the response be how it's been for the previous generation guys like us who thought that we should engage with all kinds of ideas and a newspaper like new york times should 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 platform all kinds of thoughts but then when you bring in the element of and it's become a cliche but i'm sure it's coming from a 
from a certain space that one needs to study a little further is the words like trigger everything you know on twitter everything becomes a trigger and everyone's gutted and uh, everything's toxic you know these three these three clichés i i don't know i mean it's it's coming from a young and and i might just change uh, discourse from the other end uh, in due course I, i don't know i'm sure i'll check out those two podcasts because i'm interested to know uh, where this is headed actually no we had some wonderful emails that came in on that so i highly recommend you uh, check Actually, we can yeah, send you the emails. Yeah, we'll too. send you the links, and we'll also uh, we have an actually a we're going to be doing a series called NL versus NL. We have a podcast where News Laundry subscribers can debate with each other or can debate with someone from the News Laundry team, and we are going to have a series on safetyism. So uh, that that should be coming up soon. Moving on to the coverage for the last two days, the brick laying ceremony. Our in-house Brahmin. privileged elite pandey ji will tell us whatever it's oh God, called in sanskrit oh that's so wrong yeah it's uh, why is that so wrong you are so oh i thought you were going to say ki she she will tell you tell us what happened no okay, you'll tell us what the actual <laughs> term is it's not a bricklaying you can follow it better being brahman not so. bhumi puja kuch aur bhi tha i saw someone giving the pehle ye hoga phir ye kriya hogi phir wo kriya hogi like there was a full There was a kriya karam on this uh, on on uh, the whole thing, but but um, yeah, just let do amassing tactics of Brahmins. It could is. Be, could be bolder or so there was wall to wall coverage. I was shocked at it. I actually have mixed feelings on it. I don't think it is purely a media creation. I think there is a huge feeling across the country, and it would be a mistake for liberals to think that this is just a, a fringe thing. I think it is a a thing that a lot of people feel about the Ram Temple being there and. I don't think one needs to call out all of them as bigots for feeling that way. I think it's legitimate to feel if your dearest deity doesn't have a temple dedicated to him at his birthplace, even whether you think that's historical or not. But the political messaging around this, I have always said, is worrying. And I think we've got to a stage of no return. And I say this having thought it through. This is not a casual comment. I think India has entered into a phase where you will need a Bapu-like figure to bring it back to the founding principles of what we were. What was the coverage like, Manisha? And if you could oh God, go forth on that. Oh, it was uh, harrowing. I mean, after like f- a week of Sushant Singh Rajput, then there was a week of Ram. So it was really. Um, you had, uh, I think, every anchor. Of course, Navika and all sang bhajans. Every anchor uh, greeted. You know, the Jeshi Ram was all over all uh, news channels. You had uh, Rohit Sardana with uh, Sadhvi Ritambra, and uh, I remember. I mean, his exact words were that that ये जब अयोध्या में थी तो इनकी speeches इनकी इतना जोश भर दिया था लोगों में कि गुम्बद मिट्टी में मिल गए. Talking about Is the demolition. Is that what Sardana said? He said that. Wow. He said इतना जोश भर गया था. So I think the fact that the demolition happened is just. forgotten and it's not even forgotten i mean most of them actually all anchors said that kitna tyag dena pada implying the karsevaks who were shot karsevaks who went up and you know hmm. brought the dome down so it was almost a celebration aur jo kaam unhone kara aaj khatam ho gaya so it was almost a celebration i mean of course of the ram temple coming but also a negation of the fact that that was a crime that happened and a celebration of the fact that it did happen i mean khul ke ab bahar aake log bol rahe hain ki मस्जिद गिरा तो अच्छा हुआ एंड टेम्पल सर यू वर एन अयोध्या वेन इट वॉज ब्रॉड डाउन वॉट वॉज द कॉम्पोजिशन ऑफ पीपल दे लाइक नाउ आई सी ए लॉट ऑफ पीपल हु आर नॉट नेसली पोलिटिकल नेचर बट आर हैप्पी ऑफकोर्स दिस ऑल्सो हैज लॉट टू डू विद फीलिंग हैप्पी अबाउट समथिंग सो यू नो यू जस्ट जॉइन इन द सेलिब्रेशन बट वॉज इट ऑल पोलिटिकल पीपल बैक देन एंड डू सी एनी डिफरेंस इन वॉट वॉज द मूड ऑफ द नेशन बैक देन एंड टूडे द मूड ऑफ द नेशन आई वॉज देयर फॉर सेवन डेज इट हैपन ऑन सिक्स आई रीच अयोध्या थर्ड and i stayed there till 10th 
Okay. So the mood over there was really frenzy. Uh you had over 2 lakh car savers. And they weren't just political workers. They were regular people who wanted to They were cadre based. Okay. People mostly the RSS cadre when when VHP ha RSS VHP Hanuman uh, Sena Shiv Sena so all these people were there so so their their mood was very frenzy but i still remember the reporting that we had done at that time when i say we done i mean all people uh, all reporters across the newspaper it was quite balanced it was it wasn't taking sides like it is now now like it is like uh, all the hindi now. papers to have like a huge full page of shri ram and it's basically a celebration it was nothing of that sort at that time it was the dom how it was brought down was reported in fact i used to work with patriot at that time and uh, i had a, a very good source and i was the only reporter on 5th of 5th of december 1992 i was the one who reported that how they are going to bring it down hmm. where these people are going to come and my you had seen the practice my runs. source was no not the practice practice that rss used to doing. do it hmm. so those pictures had come hmm. many people had come out with this picture so you are linking them those pictures with demolition on 6 is not the right way of uh, you know judging the story these people who had come they were not part of that crowd they were going to come on the same night through saryu river and this information had come from a military intelligence source from bihar regiment hmm. uh, i can say now bihar regiment at that time when i was summoned by librahan commission hmm. i did not tell them the uh, which regiment right. uh, is this hmm. i said they asked me my source and this source this was the central i mean military intelligence which was feeding all this information to the central government at that time Mm. Uh, of pv nasimara right so to say at that time the center said that we could not judge it that it can go to that extent was, was wrong because they had the full information Ab- they had full information because i got it from their own source so i think what pv nasimara raut played politically back then may have reaped him political dividends then but in the long term it's, it's completely destroyed the congress it's and it's the bjp has run away with this narrative in a way which he could not have imagined See, rajiv they, opening the locks they also. are mostly i mean the congress the favorite game is just remain inactive on the issues which they cannot address to right so that's what they did on ayodhya uh, <laughs> right. also they were inactive i think not only i mean one more thing that struck you in news and this especially i wonder like what do muslims feel when they watch news if they watch news i mean if i was a muslim in india i just wouldn't watch television news but i mean each uh, channel also had you know some muslim panelists maybe someone from the board and not only was it that you know khushi manane ka mahol and all that but a lot of the uncles also poking muslims to say ki aap khush ho aapko kaisa laga bolo ki khush matlab almost to get them to say that ha bhai we are very happy ram is our god also and jai shri ram matlab that was literally the purpose of what a lot of anchors were trying to do we had a few tv channels so not only is it enough hmm. btv i think was there bitv bitv hmm. was there and i remember the reporter he was standing with me only at the rooftop and uh, his camera was taken away okay so w- when the entire thing started mm-hmm. on 6 so so even these people they reported it very yeah, nicely yeah it wasn't like this but it the, wasn't like this at the, all but the the tradition was different although they they were not channels they were video cassettes i witnessed ah, bi tv ka yes, tha yes. i witness has a fantastic uh, documentary so they were this. there was a whole bunch of that mayank in bombay um, I mean, I am a part of few groups which are very non-political groups. These groups have only been made to wish happy birthday 
plan celebrations, plan parties. These groups have never fought. There's no, pol- I mean, we have a principle of no political posts on that group. Uh, in the last two days, I have seen fights break out on such groups with someone saying Jai Shri Ram. And uh, so I, I do think we've gone to that zone. So while I understand because of COVID, I guess one doesn't get a feel of on the ground. Like I saw in Delhi, some markets were dressed up welcoming Lord Ram. Politically, this was a huge issue for the Shivsena of the 80s and 90s. Not so much for Aditya Thakris Shivsena. Is the Bombay media, at least the local media, as celebratory as the Delhi media and the UP media is? And do you see this as just a little, you know, two days of celebration and tamasha? Or do you think it has changed India like never before? Well, I think uh, in that sense, I would like to believe that Bombay media, especially news and uh, news from the point of view of print uh, actually has a pretty wide spectrum right from what Times of India for, for whatever it's worth is is a, a liberal paper even on on issues like these on most occasions and then you have the other end which would be a Samna type paper and and a lot of Marathi papers also which which are essentially me to Samnas and then Gujarati papers which take a similar stand uh, Gujarati papers in particular because of the Gujarati uh, readership that they essentially cater to which are essentially community papers but whenever uh, there's a they tend to report religion as culture and that is really where it is I think we should be okay, I feel, even in WhatsApp groups, whether even, even when we disagree with the person with a, with a Jai Shri Ram, because I don't think it should be that, that the fact that we allowed that uh, salutation to be taken over by a political party is where the problem began with anyway. If this person believes that there's a temple he wants and a five lakh of them already in India and five lakh one is going to make a big difference uh, to his religiosity, I think we should just appreciate that and let it remain at that level rather than take him on on subjects that he may not have thought of otherwise. I think Ram Temple, the way it was reported also was done as a cultural story across, uh, which I'm surprised if I was the head of Sansta channel, I would be taking over this, this, this event as my own. You know, if I would make that as my big, big uh, proper uh, entertainment show, as it were, and get the genuine Anradha Porwals and and the Alka Yagniks and the Anup Jalotas of the world into it, into a concert happening in my studio, rather than having to listen to Navika Kumar, who's not exactly a singer, and she's trying her best. Because in her head, that is, uh, you know, she's trying to appeal to her viewer. And the fact that they call themselves news channels is the problem, right? If there were Sansthal, it'd be perfect. Uh, it would be perfect. So I think uh, this By needs the way, to uh, actually Z be... By the news, Z News had called on uh, Anuradha Podwal and Ajtak had called Anup Jot- Jalota. Yeah, so I mean, if I was a Sony TV, I would make a proper real show out of it and turn it into the entertainment that it has been for large part of Indian masses anyway, because culture is how we entertain ourselves. I mean, if you look at Ayodhya, for instance, Abhinandan, uh, I was there last year for a story and which was a cultural story, effectively about how Yogi Adityanath has made these trucks, these trailers uh, that show on a regular day, on a regular weekday, they, they show uh, Ra- Ramanan Sagar's Ramayan through the day, uh, next to Saryu as well. At any In the evening, people can just walk in and watch any episode from any point to any point. It's just always playing with Yogi Adityanath's picture because then you know that it's sponsored. I don't know whether it's by UP government or does he use BGP resources. For instance, this particular uh, Bhumi Pujan was a BJP event. It was not a government event and they made it clear so that at least the fiction of uh, the, the separation of Mandir and Mantrale, as it were, remains, right? So I think if we just treat it as, as the culture slash entertainment story it is, 
I think is perfectly fine, and that's what I think general entertainment channels should have done with this with this massive event, rather than having to leave with the, leave it to uh, these complete amateurs on uh, B grade channels anyway, news channels. Anyway. So, so I mean, I just think while I understand the astha of a lot of people in Lord Ram, and he should have his dwelling place. I think a few people are realizing this. I mean, I know a few personally because as the fire comes closer to your home, you kind of realize, oh shit, what have I been backing for so long? But from the speech to what young Tejasvi Surya has said, and there's been one other BJP politician from UP who has said, Tejasvi Surya said that Hindus should have all resources and control of governance and economic resources because if we don't have it, you know, we, you know they'll take all this away from us. So that is actually a a narrative which I think will not stop with this. Those who thought that this was just about Ram Astha will be bitterly disappointed. Uh, this will not stop here. Like the famous slogan made famous in 92 was, Ye to pehli jhaki hai, mathura kashi baki hai. I worry, and like I said, I think we'll need a Bapu level leader to undo this damage. We have gone down a road where many suckers are going down happily jumping until the Pied Piper will make them all plunge down the mountain and before you know it, some Tripura chief minister will say, Sardars and Jats don't have brains. They say, go get them. Then they'll say, Bengalis are this, then get them. Until all will have to be RSS, Swayam Sevaks or nothing. The BJP politics does not surprise me. I mean, they have been yeah, asking for point. the Ram Temple and abrogation of 370 for... No, but does it surprise you that people think that this is it will stop no, here, see, that there see, is no bigger see, Hindu? See, see, the thing is, that did not surprise me. What was the surprising fact is that after coming into power, they are using, I mean, they have made it a, a part of larger narrative to ensure that all Hindu votes come to them, to ensure that people do not think on uh, along caste lines. A scheduled caste think more like a more, first he should think that he's a Hindu when it comes to casting the vote. So that that this is going to be uh, you know, of their that uh, larger narrative and in which they are going to subdue the importance of all the institutions like judiciary. I mean, everything is now contributing to just one single narrative to polarize this country. I think so that, um, is, that has surprised me. One more thing that it firmly marked yesterday was complete failure of secularists, as it were, right from the beginning, the opposition to Ram Mandir. I mean, it's been such a spectacular failure uh, this whole episode and here's a site where the Supreme Court has said that it was a criminal conspiracy, there was a criminal act, there's a CBI inquiry ongoing. That hasn't moved at all. Before any of the guys were punished, you have a Bhumi Pujan, which is to, it is basically triumphalism and I understand like Abhinandan said, that I'm, I know people myself who lit Diyas last night and it, at least it's from the cow belt, if you know people from UP. Madhya Pradesh, Uttarakhand even. It's been a long-standing aspiration for people. And the question of whether there was a Ram temple there or not, that's been long lost. I think most Hindus, at least, I mean, I can speak of North India, believe that there was a temple there, which was brought down. The idea, the BJP having spread that narrative, the question then was whether it's going to be a reconciliation sort of a... Uh, way at looking at mosque and temple politics or whether it's going to be triumphalism and I think triumphalism completely won this was not just about a temple for Ram but this was also to show the Muslims their place this was also uh, those who are not Hindus their place to know that a country for Hindus first as students uh, even in the classrooms we were earlier 
told you know about secularism the two way of interpreting it one is the western way where the state is not associating with any religion complete divorce between religion and state and the second is equal respect for all religion so where does india fall okay that's what we used to study but i think the bjp has dumped both and and yeah. they are trying to redefine since i feel, i say redefine because secularism is still part of uh, you know the, the constitution. constitution we'll see for how long i won't be surprised uh, they say that also has to be pulled off you know yes. i won't be surprised at all yeah. yes i there think is a i PIL, think right in the supreme court if i'm not mistaken to knock uh, secularism out of the constitution and the preamble obviously no, there no. is it wasn't that reported a week ago or something no. i don't know if someone actually did file uh, such a case i mean i remember reading it but i don't think the supreme court has anything pending like this Nothing. right now I mean, there was someone. I think, I think the Supreme Court actually dismissed it or something. Dismissed it. it, uh, it I don't know the Supreme Court, but there was a court. Yes, you're right. Someone had said that it should be taken out, uh, but it was dismissed a while ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only reconciliation that seems to have happened, which every on the TV news just went ballistic with it, was Modi saying Jai Sri Ram instead of Jai Shri Ram, which was read into quite a bit. Because yeah, that's just a mellowed way of. Jai Sri uh, Ram is actually the traditional greeting. This is the mellowed assertion. I mean, yeah. Jai Sri Ram was Jai the aggressive. Jai Sri Ram was the political assertion. assertion. Political assertion, and this is the mellow part of it, and where uh, I think. i think more or less to me the, uh, modi has declared india a hindu nation and uh, the rest of uh, the communities you know they have to live and and respect this uh, you know sense of uh, hindu nation ha basically did you i think i think all for all practical for reasons this has happened then, yeah. for all practical reasons this has happened despite our constitution but what a what a failure of congress what's the difference between uh, jai shri ram and jai sri ram like in terms of just the semantics of it what uh, jai sri sita so when yeah, you say jai sri ram yeah but he was a ram lala right so he was a child uh, ram he couldn't have been married to yeah, but no but you, i think just it's yeah, remembering yeah, but when someone. you talk of ram you generally always play sita before uh-huh. and that's so like gender equality kind Sia, of thing is that no, what you're saying no no it's just supposed to be a no, softer no, no. jai sri ram is something which uh, you know have been very uh, people revel this people people uh, worship sri ram but jai sri ram this hmm. started in 1990 it was a political uh, work right political. it was, never, it was, yeah. a, it was political a political slogan See, like i mean i've re- written a piece on it on a blog long ago mm. i mean when mm. i was growing up you know mm. not jai shri ram but ram ji ki jai or ram ram was a ram very ram. normal a mali, mali i remember that is how he would actually greet us each time he used to come to to the house and it was a very normal even greeting. muslims used to say ram ram so it was it was never jai shri ram ah. but i can just quote sanket this anchor on ndtv he was trying to do this balancing of you know wanting to show that i am also in the trp game but i am not like the rest so he came up with that he's from ayodhya pandi says when he was growing up there was an a shawl or a you know a, a scarf called the sitarami which had sitaram 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 written on it mm-hmm. he says now you don't get it now it says jai shri ram and he said try to ask some shopkeepers they had some old stock lying why isn't this made he says they haven't done it consciously but now the sitarami is not sold the jai shri ram cloth is sold so that's a political slogan but so that that was i learned something new from there i i just thought the way news and channels have buckled is truly depressing and i can see why i i mean i i don't think it is without reason there's huge pressure like when i was telling you the kind of things that were said on this whatsapp chat i was on that has some muslims but it was the hindus who kind of pushed mm-hmm. back because even those muslims would they did not really have the guts to respond to that chat even though what was being said was very offensive to them i think that's where we've got so people feel compelled but when it comes to the prime minister's speech i don't think there was anything mellow in it people can keep reading into the sita ram and this and gorav savant 
the wannabe commando, wannabe Sanskrit teacher, wannabe pandit doing havans, wannabe everything except doing his bloody job as a reporter, was giving us all this semantics on how Jesse Aram is the mellowing, and this is a change of narrative and cut to for the. Did angry. he say masterstroke? No, he. Did. I don't know if he said. I couldn't watch him for that long, but <laughs> but when they went into the break, the bumper or the sting that all channels had created for going in and coming out of break, the slogan in that sting was Jesse Aram. I was like, "Yar, tu gyan kya pehl raha hai? Tera slogan kya hai? Apne tu apne post production team ko hi bol deta hai, bhai, main ye gyan pehlunga. At least make sure the bumper doesn't make me look like a fool." Gaurav Savant is a creation of time. He has worked with me in nineties. Okay, nineteen ninety eight. He was my reporter in Indian Express. He was completely a. He was a. He was the defense correspondent at that hmm. time. He was completely before before that. He was the city correspondent. He was a different guy. Yeah, I think altogether. this this narrative has changed a lot of huh. reporters. But coming to Modi language, Modi's body language, hmm. I think that is something that was even more evident in how he was marching, the way he walks. The contempt and disdain yes. with which he looks at even people like Yogi Adityanath. Yogi Adityanath. He bungled his name. He bungled his name. Up, no. He said. Then Yogi Ji Adityanath Ji something. No, no. But Adityanath this is the way. Adityanath Yogi. Huh. But people, I mean, the, the disdain he has uh, is so evident. Aditya Yogi Nath. He called it. Aditya Yogi Nath. Kar diya uska. But वैसे उसने लियोनार्डो डाविंची को भी नियोलार्डो डाविंची बोल दिया था. That's okay. That's but, maybe him but, not being able to pronounce. That's fine. Which is fine. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's. He doesn't like the Don- Italian Donaldo. or UPR, but I just think he understands how big he is, and nobody but nobody, even within his party, can expect to be treated with respect. Okay, but he put of... RSS Pradhan on the very high pedestal. Uh, he called him Sarv Sadhya. Hamare, hamare Sarv Sadhya. The kind of level of North Korean reporting that happened yesterday, I'll tell you. India TV, there's one anchor. She's in Ayodhya with you know Ramayan in front of her and just being like a bilkul mira bai. So she says, uh, you know, he did this whole shashtang in front of the Ram. Mm-hmm. He just laid out completely. So, so she, she like, कहीं ना कहीं मोदी जी ने देश के पहले प्राइम मिनिस्टर हैं जो ये कर रहे हैं. Obviously पहली बार हो रहा है तो पहली बार ही करेंगे. So और इससे पहले वो कभी दोबारा नहीं आए रामलला तो यहीं विराजमान थे वो कभी भी आ सकते थे लेकिन वो नहीं आए शायद कहीं ना कहीं उन्होंने मन में सोचा होगा कि मैं तभी आऊँगा जब मंदिर बनेगा मतलब the level of this anchor who's you know giving hmm. motive so much motive to something like this thinking on behalf of modi ji nee, now i was just like now wow, see the counter reaction level. all india muslim personal uh, law board they have said today i mean their statement i read that under the sharia law we know that this masjid was existed here so for us the masjid will remain yeah. on that place so now they have said it today so now Aisha this is the muslim law or it says one oh, loony guy may all india muslim personal okay. board law Because there's they, one lunatic no, also no, no. who keeps saying it, and I no, keeps no, getting no. him. And and what I feel now, so I do not blame if if the Muslims, you know, they raise themselves as monolithic community and they they start and 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 they become and they become pan-Indian, uh, you know. Also, I think the messaging which nobody had actually the guts to discuss because everyone was falling into that same narrative was that why was this day chosen? Yeah. The day which abrogation of Article three seventy, ah, which is the day of yes. Matam for Kashmir, yes. is this day of celebration. It is not by chance. Absolutely, it is a message. And like I said, if people still want to pretend that this is where it stops and nothing else has happened, they're welcome to. Mm. I think they will be proved it wrong. It won't stop. But I, I, th- I just find it's disturbing. But I think. I will be living through very interesting times in my life, which I never thought I would. Interesting. I, I, fe- I feel a dread. Oh. I feel lucky sometimes when I look at my parents. Ki chalo, you, you know, you don't have to. I don't and know what we'll see. No, I'm happy. I that mean, I think I'm India here. till now was. It was the first time in my life. I'm. Mean, I've been a very rabid 
India feel and I'm mm. pretty nativist I have been but now I mean for the first time last two years I felt like I don't know if I don't know if I want to see what's going to happen in India. I, as a professional I was pretty happy till uh, you know I was with Indian Indian Express but then I had a I started seeing the bad time mm. I'm very happy that I'm with News Lord right now. Chalo, I'm glad so I mean, at least someone is. Interesting though, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just feel it, it's going to be really tiring times. And especially when you see the media capture, it's... It, is so, really it seems so before it's we impossible move on, to fight this. Before we move on to the next subject, uh, Mayank, any additional thoughts on this issue? Yeah, well, I mean, I sort of agree with all of you because, uh, I mean, we've all had friends in Pakistan and they said the same thing about what happened with Zia's Pakistan back in 79 and how a country totally of a certain, uh, which which had a certain life and a certain uh, culture and a certain way of a certain worldview completely became an unrecognizable country almost overnight with the Islamization of Pakistan. You know, we tend to see Pakistan as the way it is and that is always the way it was. But that's really not the case. I mean, they were done in by a, by a government. And of course, they were by a military dictator. Same, this same story you hear about Iran. And if you meet people from there, especially the generation in their, uh, in their 50s and their 60s now, the Iran that they grew up in is very different from the Iran, the Islamization, the Islamization of Iran. Of course, and, there was know, that with, comic again, book around it, right? That award-winning, it's a lovely uh, graphic novel. I forget what it's called. Uh, Persepolis. Yes, correct. Amazing. Yeah, it's a fabulous. I mean, a great, uh, I mean, of course, the same graphic novel has been turned into film. And uh, and yeah, it talks about just that year, uh, uh, which is uh, which is with the Shah of Iran, the sacking of the Shah of Iran. And, and how that, so if, I don't know if you guys have been, but you know, it's a, it's a fascinating country to visit. Uh, until recently, Indians could go without a visa. Of course, that's not the case anymore because we've fucked up our relationship with Iran as well. Mm. But you see people who are so different from their government. They're mostly the people I met in, in Tehran are all, as one-sixth of the countries in Tehran to begin with, they're all atheists. The young people are all atheists. They don't give a shit about religion. But their government is so different from uh, the people mm. on the ground. And I have a feeling with a lot of people especially in urban quarters and with technology, even the villages will will, will merge with, with urban centers eventually. I think we'll become very different from the, the kind of government we have. If that's the route we're taking, because that's really what happened to two countries, I know for sure. And, and that's where we are at this point. In fact, I was just discussing be crazy. with Manisha today, you know, about how long this will last. I said, there'll be another festive, festive air when the temple gets completed, which will be just around the election time. And for a country... Manisha and I kind of disagreed. She says, eventually people get sick of it. They'll want jobs. They'll want some growth. They'll want some real. I said, no, when people are so miserable, it takes very little to make them happy. Just like cricket made Pakistan happy. I remember, you know, when, uh, I think it was 92 only when, uh, 92, that's when right. they won mm-hmm. the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imran Khan and Imran Khan announced his retirement, I guess without taking Zia's permission. And when he went back and Zia had that dinner or lunch for them, he said, I would urge Imran Khan to reconsider his retirement announcement. Of course, Imran Khan would not have the guts to say, Nahi, Zia, I will not talk to you. Nahi, Zia, I will play with you. I will play with you now. I will play with your eyes. But, so, Imran Khan reversed his decision of, but for the longest time, Pakistan was just happy beating India in cricket. Hmm. You know, when that generation of Wasim Akram, Imran, yes, when they yes. had a far superior cricket Javed team. Javed So, they Dad. did not give a shit that their country was going to the shits. When they beat India, they were thrilled. Absolutely. We are fine. Our country is not much smarter. It can be going to the shits. Every two years, there'll be yes. some Ram celebration and yes. people will be, they, we knife. will become what cricket was to Pakistan. Mm. They will make religion to India and successfully. I still have a lot of faith in Indian voters though. I do think that 
even though a lot of people are mm. devotional and ram is important to them or hinduism is very important to them i do think that we've tasted a certain kind of progress which is hinged on jobs good education i don't think we want to come back from that i do think that people will want that and will want it okay. to get better uh, before i move on the next uh, just a couple of other announcements we have a couple of mails and i could please remind you to subscribe to news laundry and pay to keep news free tell your friends relatives uh, we have a bunch of interesting panel discussions coming up we have some uh, reports coming up we have some nlsena projects so check out newslearn.com and pay to keep news free please i urge you can i just add one point to sure. this our discussion i was actually um, checking out this image on today on mumbai mirror is of uh, this guy on a road and maybe we can put it as a link so that people can also see it he's sitting on a divider it's flooded both sides and he's crying and the caption says ashok singh 45 a bhindi bazar vegetable vendor opened his shop for the first time in 4 months on wednesday but was forced to shut it because of flooding bursts into tears at king circle as he walked back to his house in kurla now this is yesterday when the ram mandir celebrations mm. were happening and this guy is crying on the road like this so i mean i do think when things like this happen and when people see that there's no material change in their life ram temple can't keep them happy you know forever i mean i think it's interesting to read a few books on gujarat riots the people who were rioters were actually the affluent just drove into their car with their cars looted malls and came out but the ones who did the real damage were actually the the most deprived of society yeah it becomes a battle of resources same thing in partition so, a lot of it was so simply I, and and also they feel empowered it's it's a bit like i don't know it, it, my, it, it is a dangerous hope, cocktail i, I mean, hope that manisha is right. what manisha is saying is right but i also feel that what you are saying yeah so but but mayank i've i've experienced this in bombay for it's example it's a cynic view but not to that level but through the year the people who live in the slum and squalor and i i will say this that i realized much as i hated bal thakre when i actually went and lived in bombay for a year i realized why he became what he became because when you used to walk i was you know whether you're walking lower parel like the slums are pretty much spilling onto the road like in delhi the slums still have some privacy from the road you see you can go into a slum and there i'm not saying they have alishan but in bombay every passer by is looking into your slum in delhi slum only your neighbor is looking into yes. yours and then i had a first hand experience of knowing someone who had a problem with their household help uh, they were really nasty to her uh, and they you know this was a big bollywood name and the pali hill police station would not file an fir because how dare a maid file a complaint against that star and that maid went to shiv sena and that star and the whole family were bumbling and compensating her and saying sorry because bal thakre's men said you provide justice or we will drag you out of your house in your lovely pali hill so i it hit me that why bal thakre emerged because the police failed having said that bombay was still a city for the affluent and when i was there for ganesh chaturthi in a car in the middle of the whole bheed taking it the way they bang your car and look at you defiantly oh. fucker you have the balls to step out of your car and question me they will bang your car they will kick your car it is the one day where you cannot get out of your car and say how dare you fucking touch my car cuz you're fucking shit scared and while it had it was a one day thing in bombay i think modi will make it a normal thing uh, uh, do, 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 do you do you do you see that uh, mayank at all 
Uh, so here's the thing, uh, Abhinandan, a regional party like Shiv Sena, uh, which is a strongly cadre-based party, which has its office practically in every neighborhood and, you know, neighborhoods within neighborhoods, they've almost become like the touch point uh, for people on a daily basis. And something I don't think we appreciate enough in the sense of if these guys, if the people in a slum, if they face a problem, they know who to go to. It could well be the corporator that they go to, who's usually a Sena corporator. And this is a relationship and a bond that they build over years. And then it gets paid off uh, during an election. I think that is that is really, that really explains to a huge extent uh, the power that Shiv Sena wields uh, in the city. And despite non-performance after non-performance, especially when it comes to the municipal corporation, and you see that in your TV news every year of what happens in the floods, they still keep getting voted in back because uh, they, they, you know, if there is some, which is which is what you'll notice about so many of these uh, local politicians, they they constantly keep in touch with their with their yeah. base, and and that that explains their victory. And in terms of whether there'll be, a, I mean, what you're suggesting, Abhinandan, at some level is also civil war, isn't it? That anybody will go beat up anybody. I have a feeling that the government gets all its resources and all its power also from the big corporates. And I think uh, I doubt that they would want the lower strata to suddenly, you know, storm the Bastille, as it were. Uh, it, it, it would not be. It, it would not be something that the big business would be very happy with either. I mean, what you said is interesting. Although I have spoken about this on Hafta in the past, I won't call it civil war. But what I am uh, saying is reeks of anarchy. But it has been my thesis for a while that we are already at some level of functioning anarchy. The only thing is, what is anarchy when there is no rule of law? So I think the question of whose anarchy is anarchy and whose anarchy is order is different. For example, I think the Sanjeev Nanda case where he you know, ran over five cops and got away with it and then later there was a retrial but not, nothing significant happened was anarchy. That happened in Delhi. So it got a lot of attention. But what happens in police stations around the country, what is happening in Delhi today, where the police is just arresting people with, with no significant evidence and, and accusing them of engineering is anarchy. Only thing is the anarchy in our society has been an anarchy in the favor of those who have the resources and access. So we don't call it anarchy. If, let's say, rather than me being able to drive over someone and get away with it, if that person could come into my house, kill me and leave, then it's, oh, anarchy ho gai. But the fact that the other thing is happening for the longest time, we don't call it anarchy. So, and I don't think anarchy is an event or a black and white. Between order and anarchy, there is a long spectrum. Indian governance is closer to the anarchy end of things than to the order end of things, is what I think. So whoever can threaten the other will get his or her way. It's pretty much that simple. And sometimes you use the law, sometimes you use the mob. A couple of emails. This one is from Rahul Giri. It is really heartening to see you people discuss significant topics in Hafta with such candor. I lost all hope in Indian media and then I found you. You are really the last glimmer of hope for independent media. I like Abhinandan, Atul Mehraj and Raman sir, but Manisha is my favorite, especially after... Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> after her vociferous defense of opening of liquor shops during the lockdown. Yeah. Because <laughs> Manisha always covers the most important things as you can see. Because, you know, when the public pays, the beauda is served. So, so, <laughs> like what I had said, some people drink milk, some people drink beer. Yes. So, yeah, it's essential service. Mehraj's analysis of caste as defining feature of our society is bang on as reported by The Economist on July 25th. Out of the 89 highest ranked civil servants in central government, just four are not upper class Hindus. 
two-thirds of the Supreme Court judges, 31 judges are more than half of all state governors are upper caste Hindus. Out of 121 people in senior jobs such as editors in mainstream Hindi and English press, all but 15 are upper caste and not a single one is Dalit. Regarding the debate about subjectivity in journalism, I believe that journalism is not about objectivity but rather moral clarity. I want to ask whether the subscription-based model of media is also not open to bias as people belonging to particular ideology would stop subscribing if they find the coverage not according to their taste. Further, not many would be willing to subscribe if they have become habitual of free news. So how can we make this model sustainable and independent at the same time? Rahul Giri. Rahul, I've actually written a piece called Our Position News Laundry. You're absolutely right. There is no such thing as objectivity. Everything is subjective. It may be subjective around political ideology, religion, economics, or just what I choose to find interesting. So I would recommend you read that. I'm not saying subscription-driven platforms are the most efficient or the most free of bias. I think they're the most free of influence of corporations and governments, which are the biggest influencers of media. So it's the next best thing. Just like democracy sucks, but it's the best we got. Similarly, subscriptions suck, but it's the best we got. Any other views? Subscriptions suck or ads suck? No, he's saying that even that is not free of bias. I agree with him, but there is no such thing as objectivity unless you're talking about math. Mm. Everything is subjective. So then Webhav says, last week Swati made some fantastic points in her email. I was too tired of the topic of discussion being wokeness and whatnot. At some point, you can't change people's minds. All I will add is that clarifying the religious beliefs of a minority child is not only the right and polite thing to do. Not doing so can leave you vulnerable to legal suits. In <sighs> fact, Webhav has said that in the US, especially New York, you are legally required. Someone actually got into shit because they there was some famous case where a kid refused to sing the national anthem and they were penalized and the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. So your Libun Axelite. So point taken, what, what you're saying is that even if there was an overly woke teacher, what that teacher is doing is legally correct and it should be actually lauded rather than made fun of. Hmm. Point taken, bro. Although I do think it's a bit much, but yeah, I get what you're saying from a legal point of view. Sahil says, nice word, Salad Abhinandan. To justify what to you is call-out culture when you do it to Arnab and RSS and is cancel culture when a bunch of bread beaters and no-name Twitter handles do it to billionaire J.K. Rowling or New York Times columnist Barry Weiss. I know that you will try to explain again what the difference between these two types of critique is, but just imagine if Arnab was employed by NDTV and then quit over his colleagues making fun of him on NDTV's internal Slack channel. Mm -hmm. Would you go after the sensitive safety-seeking NDTV reporters or bullying Arnab? Or would you be doubling down on Arna for being a bumbling idiot? That's basically it. May I suggest you take a breath and first try to understand that the stalwarts of Op-Ed Publishing were whining in the Harper's letter about a bunch of nobody anonymous Twitter accounts who ironically termed their critique cancelling because Twitter, TikTok, Reddit were the only means available to them to find solidarity. Arguably a bit like what Nuisance tries to do every week to Republic and Z with even the same amount of real-world effect. Nothing. When famous authors of mediocre children's books get to unabashedly spew their bigotry against already marginalized trans people to their millions of followers, or when a slow snowflake reporter goes after the actual job of Palestinian professors in US, that's real cancel culture. Grow a thicker skin, please, Sahil. So Sahil, again, uh, I will say... Uh, hmm. I didn't understand his letter, but isn't he... But you were the, you said you were... Uh... I didn't agree with that. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I mean. I think Sahil in his enthusiasm of arguing. Sahil, I invite you for a debate on NL versus NL. I think you have lots of things and you're under the misconception that I don't have a thick skin. Uh, so let's talk about this, bro. I have absolutely no problem in people 
calling me out and I have read many mails on Hafta doing exactly that. Some of them not so polite, but I honestly don't give a rat's ass because I... And I've explained this earlier, when you're dealing with notices from the INB ministry and, you know, RBI notices to media houses, which I have got both of, a mail doesn't rock your world. The second thing is, like Manisha said, I actually was not batting for Barry Weiss. I thought what she was doing was just whining about something that is absolutely understandable. So you've got my position wrong on that. So I think you've just clubbed a bunch of arguments and attributed them to me, which is not what I had done. I do have a problem with safetyism and cancel culture, but I don't think it is all bad. But my view on Barry Weiss and J.K. Rowling were very different. I actually, again, you have attributed stuff that I haven't said, that to justify what Manish or I do to Arnab and RSS is call out culture, but what they do is cancel culture. Is it relating to the advertising bit that someone yes, asked so, us? Uh, so please quote where I have said that. In fact, I explained in the last podcast, it is always subjective. But it is based on what your current value system in society are. And I will explain again, although I would recommend you go back and listen to the last week's podcast. Someone can on television say that if a woman is not fair, don't marry her. Don't marry her unless she gives the hedge. If a girl child is born in your house, treat her differently from the boy. And I will call that person out and urge sponsors and brands not to advertise because what that person is saying is reprehensible and disgusting. You can call it cancel culture and you can call it whatever culture you want. I think that aligns with the state of the human condition we are in today where such values of saying that this person should not be given the same rights as me because that person is black. For example, a channel is welcome to say that and I will happily call out that channel. But if someone saying that me telling a Sardar joke is the same as that and therefore both are call out on cancel culture, then that is subjective. That is your view. But yes, you're right. Both are technically the same. But cancel culture and call out culture are not mathematical theorems. They are based on the prevailing values, which are usually liberal values. So I welcome you for a discussion on this, on NL versus NL. I'll happily make time when convenient to you. Let's discuss this. But do attribute things to me that I have actually said. That would actually help. Uh, Manisha, you have any views on this? Uh, any views on this mail uh, no, again? I think you've, you've, okay. we'll be repeating ourselves. <laughs> now, there is this one mail from Anirudh. Namaste Abhinandan Manisha, Raman, Mehraj and Anand. Love to listen to Hafta. It's like a group of friends chatting over recent happenings. In the last Hafta, regional or English language was talked because this is why I write to you guys. India has several languages and everyone loves to speak in their regional language. We have a sense of emotional connect with our regional language and it should be taught in school and even and used even as a medium to teach as it is easy to comprehend and explain things in lingual, regional languages. Boxing Indian schools in English or regional medium is stupid as at least in English medium, teachers connected in a mixed language. English for me. Let the books be in English. However, I do emphasize on teaching English from class one as it is an important tool to unify India. It substitutes the need for learning all regional languages with one. One must also learn some other Indian languages, but I guess this is just dream because North without Sanskrit and Hindi would be forced to learn Hindi. And South would be forced to learn Hindi. Uh, good point, Anirudh. And I don't... Yeah, uh, and actually, uh, there's been a lot of research. So I went back after our discussion last week. There's been a lot of uh, research on the fact that medium of instruction in the regional language actually helps children learn concepts better. You tend to grasp them faster and you tend to grasp them for a longer time and better if it's in, taught in your regional language. Right. And I have... One more mail, I'll read it right at the end, is from Sayali. Uh, but 
the last issue i'd like to discuss and then we can come with our recommendations i want to discuss this whole supreme court of prashant bhushan on contempt so we did discuss this briefly but prashant bhushan gave his response recently and uh, before we wind, uh, by the way it's just come that uh, another actor has uh, a television actors died by suicide yeah uh, and i'll tell you exactly who this person is um uh, mayank do you know um no i've been with you guys uh, pretty much for an hour i have not seen anything right before that uh, i'll uh, just not checked i'll mm. i'll just tell you the name samir sharma a television actor it's a pretty yeah. common name i know yeah. a film oh. director with that name don't know an actor no in fact this person has acted in kahani ghar ghar ki kyunki saas bhi koi oh, that's a massive show oh, okay. jyoti jyoti is pyar ko kya naam do Left, okay, right, so left. popular. Very, I mean, he's worked clearly yes, with very huge. big. Oh big yeah, Samish. I think Samish Sharma had come to Big Boss also. Possible. I'll, mm. I'll, we'll check. But oh anyway, so this has just actually popped up right now as we were recording. Mm. So, um, Prashant Bhushan actually gave up, and and Mr. Dhawan, Rajiv Dhawan is the lawyer who was representing Prashant Bhushan. Dave, Dave. अच्छा दुष्यंत दवे दुष्यंत करेक्ट दुष्यंत दवे. But was Rajiv Dhawan also part of his team? I, I'll just check on that. But they have said that commenting on the Chief Justice is not a contempt of court and. the person uh, and he has said in his letter he expresses regret that he suggested that he wasn't wearing a helmet the chief justice but he has not <laughs> apologized and very interesting what i'll just check the lawyer who said this said that when you have a case like the ayodhya case and three other dushandave 370 article 370 and then you get a rajya rajya sabha seat it is not unusual <laughs> for the supreme court's authority, uh, respect to something like that <laughs> and i was like okay these guys have dug the heels in for a fight and very good they have because otherwise even arundhati roy i like her a lot i don't always agree with her because i think she goes too far in the republic of one kind of notions she also apologized when the contempt was slapped on her during the narmada yes. batao ruling yes. and and a lot of people apologize and I, and i don't hold it against them because you don't want your life to come to stand still but chandan mitra had apologized when pretty much everyone apologized of yeah. recent times i i remember madhu had to apologize yeah, when she did yeah. that whole thing during why india days but these guys have dug their heels in because i think now it's they realize it's a it's a serious battle so let me start with you mayank what is your view i don't know whether you've been following this case but on this whole contempt of court how scared are people of the court clearly very because i was watching a discussion and who was this person very outspoken then suddenly who was the anchor they said that are you saying that the court's decision is um it, this was i think on ndtv only on the on the ram janmabhoomi day are you saying that the No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. And suddenly the person backtracked. I was like, dude, this is like what the army is to Pakistan. That you will criticize politicians, you will criticize the Supreme Court, but you will not criticize the army. India is becoming. You will criticize the BJP government, but you cannot say a thing to the Supreme Court. It's got to that stage, and I think that's that's pretty sad. Mayank, your views on this? Well, I mean, I think we've all grown up uh, in an India where the words contempt. court like it just freaks us out doesn't it and you know that this shit is real because if they they are the final authority when it comes to uh, finding you guilty of anything or not and if they are pissed off then where do you go there is no other door to knock in that sense but i'm quite um, i have to say i mean not that uh, he needs any testimonial from from guys like me i mean he, he gets it from the from his followers and his admirers over years i mean what prashant bhushan has done and also some people like my former boss Akar Patel, I saw him take the same tweet of 
Prashant Bhushan and put it on his Twitter handle. So there is, I think now it's reached a point where a lot of people believe it's the is the Armageddon. It's the final fight. I mean, you cannot keep quiet anymore because it's not about this one particular instance. It's going to be instances after instances. And it's best that you put up a fight now and or keep quiet for the rest of your life. And I think that's what it's become. I mean, in, in terms of the rulings that Supreme Court has given over the past few years, they've been quite shocking. I mean, we used to always look up to Supreme Court in terms of, okay, these are politicians, they'll do their, they'll do their game, but eventually these guys will sort it out. But but even that line uh, to a lot of people, uh, and we, we see it expressed all day uh, online at least, and even in regular conversations, that seems to be getting blurred uh, day by day. And then, of course, the, the, the Ranjan Gagoi thing was was altogether like astounding in terms of the calls you take. I mean, for a Raja Sabha seat, how big is that? Uh, for a person to uh, come across as having sold their soul, having been Chief Justice of Supreme Court. I mean, it's, it's, it's seen it as, a, improper. As, as a huge position. The propriety of that, right. Anything, uh, Banisha, Raman, you need to add yeah. from last week on this? You, you think this time no, I, Prashant I, is in the mood for a fight to the I'm end? I'm very glad that, uh, you know, this entire episode has brought, you know, a sharp focus on the act of judges, uh, Supreme Court judges. So, and also certain things that Prashant Bhushan has clarified, like his his interview to Tehelka, which uh, is part of the contempt, where Prashant Bhushan is saying that, what do you mean by corruption? Hmm. Corruption is not just mon- monetary corruption. Right. Corruption is how you, you conduct hmm. in the court. You know, how, how... So he said all this in his response? He said it in his response. Right. So he defined corruption. So I said, I said corruption in that sense. Huh. So I regret if you thought it was only a monetary co- corruption, but I do not apologize for this. So so he brought in that focus and Dushan, the way, the way he spoke, I, I mean, you've just quoted him hmm. on uh, Gohoi aspect, you know, if you, these kind of judgments come and then I you think become... He, I think he'll also be soon. Basically, <laughs> all the lawyers who are arguing, Prashant, will be condemned. That's what everybody is expecting. Hmm. But but I think uh, somebody had to do it. Right. So I, Prashant, I agree with you. Prashant I, 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 and who I, I, better than him? Yes. Manisha? I think you guys have covered most of what most is to be said. Alright. So, uh, before we wind up and ask for everyone's recommendations, I just would like to um, speak about the Delhi riots probe. Uh, do read our reports on the you know, sudden news that went around of Tahir Hussain has admitted to everything and he has said mm. that Omar Khalid is my accomplice. It is actually an old piece of information the police had put out and it is rather mysterious how suddenly it was regurgitated as new news. Also, this is not admissible in the court because yeah. it's a confession to the police. Yeah, so apparently, it's not admissible in court. So, do check that out. And, uh, you know, a journalist was actually booked online for an unverified post in UP. And I'm finding a lot of people get booked because of something that they post online. But you can say anything you want on television news channels and you don't get booked for that. So I think it's safer to say some shit Go to, Arnab studio and say some to shit. millions of people and there will be no consequences. But if you post something to your no, hundred no, followers... You can, you can say shit even on Twitters if it is favorable uh, to the right. existing government. So I think that is truly the stage we're living in. So guys, please keep your recommendations handy. I'll just read this last email from Sayali. Sayali, sorry, Sayali. Sayali says, Hi NL team, really appreciate what you guys do and so glad to have discovered you. I'm writing in reference to the discussion on the importance of education in English. I believe it is that language that connects most of the world. If Modiji didn't know English, it would have been difficult for him to be best friends with Trump. On the other hand, if education is given only in regional languages, it becomes difficult for students to cope up when they go to colleges. 
as they struggle to understand even basic concepts. These students then have to rely on English classes or even English movies. I understand the need of teaching regional languages and believe that everyone should know to read and write at least one regional language. English is also the language we use while communicating with fellow Indians where knowing Hindi is not a priority. If someone wants to go abroad to study or work, speaking English goes a long way. I can go on and on the importance, but it might get too long. Also, my request to Abhinandan to stop analyzing all situations with respect to the news world. There are hundreds of other industries people work in where the rules and ethics would be different. It's not always black and white. Same logic might not be applicable anywhere. Sayali is referring to my news track story. Right, Sayali? Uh, I was yeah, a bit unsure about whether that applies elsewhere. I might not have articulated my thoughts properly, but I hope you get my point. Also want to mention that I joined News Laundry because of Abhinandan, but now Manisha has become my favorite. Happy subscriber, Sayali. <laughs> Good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, on that note, do check out our other podcasts. Do recommend Hafta to others. Share it with others. We are available on all podcast platforms. And with another urge to pay to keep news free. So before we wind up, uh, let's have the recommendations. Mayank, you want to go first? Well, uh, since we're talking about this particular week uh, and also with respect to news, uh, since on News Laundry, I'll be very honest with you. I was quite hungrily, almost greedily waiting to read everything I could find on Amar Singh. Uh, he passed away this week. And I think a, a character like him, a man like him, lends himself to incredible anecdotes. I have to also say that I was slightly disappointed. There were no great pieces. I came across a few good ones. I think Veer Sangvi did one, which was decent. I, there's one by Priya Saigal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with uh, NewsX, uh, who wrote a pretty decent piece as well. There's one by uh, a Congress Beat reporter, again, if I'm not mistaken, which was in the print. But I haven't come across a great one. I, I intend to read a little more on Amar Singh. Try the one on News he, Laundry. Again, try, try the one on News Laundry by Anand Vardhan. I'd like to know what you will think. Will do. Hmm. Will do. So there you go. I get... I get a recommendation hmm. at the same time. Uh, second, uh, because I come, I mean, because I review every week. Uh, the one I reviewed this week was Bandish Bandits. Uh, that's the new hmm. series that's dropped on Amazon Prime Video, which I think is very original. I, I compared to a lot of Indian stuff I've watched lately, purely because there are two things. One is I'm becoming tired. I don't know about you guys. I've become quite tired of watching the Desi versions of dystopia and deaths and drugs. It's just one after the other. They've, they've all come during this time of COVID, which, you know, honestly, when <laughs> your whole world itself looks so dark, the last thing you want to see is also darkness within your screen. Uh, that's what was the case. I loved them all. Of course, I loved Pata Logan. I loved uh, Arya also to, to a huge extent. Even Rata Keli, which was this noirish dark uh, murder mystery that came out on Netflix last week. Hmm. But uh, Bandis Bandis is so different from all that we've so sort of sampled online. It's about Indian classical music, Hindustani classical music. It's a young rom-com. It's about music and it's about love. It's a very light, you know, it leaves you very light in the head. Has Nasiruddin Shah uh, sort of channeling his inner, inner uh, Pandit Jasraj uh, on the show. I found it to be very original, very uniquely Indian. Uh, Ten-part series, 40 minutes each. So that's a lot of time spent on that particular show. But you don't have to binge it. I don't think it's a binge-worthy show. But definitely uh, one of the best light-hearted entertainment Indian entertainment that I've seen since Panchayat, which I thought was the best thing I saw yeah, uh, during lockdown. Uh, not the best. I think Patalok was still the best. But yeah, I would heavily recommend uh, Bandish Bandits. New new cast, like the, the leads are new. And Nasir and Atul Kurkari, the, the old uh, the old hands on the show, uh, right. does a really fine job. Keeps you hooked. And there's great music. I thought the music could have been much better. 
but the, there is another thing that I want to recommend, not because I've seen it, but because now the whole world should talk about it, is this film called The Disciple that's become India's first Indian film to be in the competition section at any top film festival, I mean, the top European film festivals being Cannes, Berlin and Venice. It's competing now at Venice. And this is the same guy, Chaitanya Tamhane, who made Court before this. And that's also in Hindustani classical music. And what they've done there is actually use uh, real uh, life uh, musicians as actors on a show about classical music, which is not the case with Bandish Bandits, because here you have actors and they suddenly break into these alaps, which sound really weird because their singing voice is nothing like their speaking voice. But I guess <laughs> you don't have a choice because you can't expect those those performers to be great actors too. So I'm actually looking forward to a disciple, but for but that'll take a while. And I think uh, until then you have Bandish Bandits. Marathi, on Amazon by the Prime. way, since you've been covering culture and entertainment and cinema for so long. We have a podcast called Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap, which is also actually hosted by yours truly. Do check it out. I'd like, I'd like to know what you think. Will do. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for that recommendation. Thank you, Abhinandan. Raman, uh, yours? Three things. Uh, Pratap Bhanu Mehta had written a beautiful article on this, Ayodhya, day before in Indian Express, basically saying that Ram is no longer in Ayodhya. A very passionate piece. Uh, one must read. Uh, second is... Uh, Apparently, Ravindana Tagore had come out, you know, with a poem 120 years ago. I mean, more or less prophetic about what happened yesterday in Ayodhya. So, uh, apparently, Telegraph has taken a cue from that poem. So, that poem one should read. Okay, the link will be below. Uh, link will be below. All the links to our recommendation will be below the Hafta piece, by the way. And this third is, uh, I saw one on Netflix, this Rebellion. It's a two seasons, uh, five episodes each. Season one is the build-up, but this is about the how the IRS came into being. Uh, so good piece. Anisha, a piece in NDTV by Onendu. Onendu, right? He used to head the. Um, it's a really good piece on Sushant Singh Rajput. I just wanted to actually quickly read a para of it, if you'd allow me. Hmm. Um, the piece is called "What's at Stake for Bollywood Elite in Sushant Singh Rajput's Case." He says people are identifying in Sushant their struggles with their personal glass ceilings. Many would have faced it in their careers where those more proficient in English or with better facility with a fork and knife managed to leapfrog into positions of authority even when they were less capable. In others, it feeds their private myths about themselves, about being left out because of their social origins and not because they're not good at what they do. Sushant Singh Rajput's demise builds upon and then amplifies this grievance politics, the permanent sense of being wronged. He really links this well with right-wing populism and how this is actually another sign of fascism. I think you should read it. I think it's one of the more perceptive pieces that have come out. Chalo, I'm glad you've recommended a perceptive piece because I'm going to, I have two recommendations and one of them is for how shallow the thinking is in this case. The first piece is what is actually I discovered and uh, I highly recommend everybody on this podcast read more about her and everybody listening because I did not know who she was actually before I, I was just listening to this podcast uh, and one of the headlines was that uh, the Somali rights activist, uh, Dr. Hawa Abdi has died. I didn't know who Dr. Hawa Abdi was. Uh, she was a Somalian elite, financially very well off. And when the Somalia shit hit the fan, all the rich people left the country and kind of settled wherever they could. She stayed on in Somalia and actually worked to kind of do the best she could for the people there who did not have the choice to run. And she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, whatever it means, but she never got it. I think, A, I'm shocked she didn't get it. And why I recommend this is because someone of this stature is what India needs. And very famously, in the middle of the civil war where, you know, these 
militants and these factions and warlords and islamists were killing each other they attacked her hospital and she did not flee she stood her ground and the the militants actually withdrew and later they apologized for having attacked her that is the kind of moral authority she had among locals so i actually discovered her through this podcast and i read you know a few pieces on her and i would recommend you just google her name which is dr hawa abdi and read the pieces you can read some of the ones on bbc and all but read the ones which appear in some african newspapers and news portals and there are people like this still and i think india needs one such that is one piece and the second piece i would like to recommend is in a print which is spectacular in its shallow analysis uh, it's called secularism gave up language of religion ayodhya bhumi pujan is a result of that it's by the king of shallow analysis his name is yogendra yadav i think this piece again demonstrates his poor understanding of basic politics which is why the whole thing that oh it's such a big loss to aap i have always maintained it was never and his post facto know it all yet knowing very little analysis uh, so do read it to, if anything to, i'd say he's part of he at least used to be part of that i i think he's very convenient he, he pelos gyan like mujhe to pata hi tha lekin and also even post facto it's very shallow and i think this essay kind of demonstrates that being able to construct an english articulately and being such a wonderful articulation of shallow ideas is it what works. makes yeah television <laughs> popular it is he is the thinking man so he'll say it in my view and do read this piece to see why i'm saying that on that note thanks mayak for joining us appreciate thank your time thank you so much stay safe thank i you. hope uh, things in bombay get better thank and you. Uh, yeah hope we'll have you down for the media rumble next year when it is an on ground event but this year it is going to be a digital only it's called team are online so join us for that i'll leave you with this song to all our uh, worshipers who worship everything holy we need this sentiment today more than ever before koi gall suna de andar di ve baba gall suna de andar di patthar di maar ta hai oh jithe ja ke benne ja ओ तेरा पता नहीं मिलता उंज नाम ता लेने चुप्पिया भी लाइया ने चुप्पिया भी लाइया ने आ मन फेर भी कंदा ओ तेरे नाम दी महिमा भी रोजगार दा धंदा All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.